Hello! Hey guys, it's Arden Cho. This is Seth Gilliam. Hey, this is Holland Roden. My name is Kiahu Kahuanui. Hello, this is Ian Bowen. Hey you guys, this is Melissa Ponzio. I'm Lyndon Ashby. Hey, it's Ronnie Adams. This is Tyler Posey, and you are listening to Not Another. Not Another. Not Another. This is Not Another Team Wolf Podcast. Yes, it is! Oh! <laughs> this is Jeff Davis, and you're listening to Not Another Teen Wolf Podcast. everyone welcome back to not another teen wolf podcast we are at the end of our hiatus which is exciting and we are recording today um to talk about the news roundup for season five which will be premiering on monday the 29th of june so we're going to do our best to cover um the all of the major news that's been released uh in the lead up to the premiere uh, we hopefully will get everything that you have wanted to know about and we hopefully don't miss anything that uh, <laughs> comes out in the small time span between us recording this podcast and you hearing it. Uh, so if that does happen, you know, we might have a, you know, a major screaming issue tacked on the end if it like we find out, you know, that like Daniel Sharman returns as season five regular oh and it's announced on Sunday night, you know, we might have to something on to the end of this podcast but for now we're gonna go with everything uh, that we have so far Karen and I are here to talk about this and uh, I'm not sure if I said at the beginning of the episode but this is episode 95 so we are creeping up on 100 episodes as Ooh. I've been saying for a while but 95 episodes of this podcast which is like so many hours it's much more than 95 hours if you've ever listened to this show before you'll know that Less than an hour on this podcast is unusual, so we're talking about more like 200 or 300 hours of podcasting, season five of Teen Wolf. We're still excited, though slightly tired and crazy-eyed, so let's go. Um, If you want to reach us to talk about your season five news, uh, what you're excited about, if you've got a a major scoop like that Daniel Sharman is returning as a season regular for season five, (laughs) Uh, you can you can contact us on NATW podcast. You can email us on NATW podcast at gmail.com. Reach us on Tumblr, uh, which is not another Teen Wolf podcast. Or you can go over to our Instagram, NATW podcast, which should be seeing quite a bit of action this summer. We have just got uh, confirmation that we will certainly be at a Wolf related event in the next week or so, which should be fun if you have checked out tumblr you'll know what we're talking about in new york city the fan art exhibition we really hope to be there and see some of you guys there maybe but yeah uh is there anything else that we need to talk about before we get started karen i don't think so 
Cool. Well, Karen has been diligently writing her articles all summer. Not only the character analysis is the you know, analysis features that we've been putting up um, and doing podcasts about, but she's also been grabbing every piece of Teen Wolf news as it comes, no matter how big or small. Uh, and we have summarized all of those into a fantastic podcast script, which, as Karen wrote the article, she might be the best to take it <laughs> us through that. But we will go back and forth and discuss what we know so far about um, about Teen Wolf Season 5. So, yeah. Are you excited, Karen? I can do the first bit of news because I know this. Um, <laughs> just in case anyone's missed it, Teen Wolf is going to premiere on... Monday, June 29th at 10 p.m. on MTV. Moon Day is back, everyone. Hashtag Moon Day. But then episode two, rather than waiting a whole week or re- rather than screening a double episode that night, is actually going to air on Tuesday, June 30th at 9 p.m. on MTV. And I'm not 100% why, sure why they're doing that, but it's nice to space it out, give us a chance to breathe, not be up till midnight, give us a little bit of chance to record our podcast in between. All of that kind of stuff. So it's really um, an interesting choice. Um, well, and, I think and, the big reason why yeah. they're doing it at 9 o'clock on Tuesdays to lead into Scream, they want the Teen Wolf audience to check out the pilot for Scream, which is going to air June 30th at 10 o'clock. Okay. And what is the concept of that show? Is it related to the movie Scream? Like, is it a movie? Is it like a movie version of that in the way that this is a kind of movie, a TV version of uh of the original movie Teen Wolf? Yeah, I think so. Um, everything that I've seen so far, it's basically a reboot of it. So kind of like Teen Wolf is a reboot of the movie. I think they are changing some things. It's not going to have the same characters or anything like that. It's definitely MTV spin on it. I know they've updated the Scream mask, which some fans are like horrified by. And others oh, no. are like, yeah, others are like, okay, well, it's a new iteration of this story. So it kind of makes sense to give it an update day and it is a, a, a bit less cartoonish and a little bit scarier so I'm actually really looking forward to the show um, I actually just recently watched the movie for the first time just the first one I'll get to the other one soon hopefully before the premiere um, I was never into scary movies which is why I hadn't seen it before but as I get into that a bit more um, I watched it and it is so clever and so smart and I really hope that they bring that to the show and I really think that if they can pull that off then the Teen Wolf people are going to enjoy it the ones that like the horror side of Teen Wolf I think will like Scream well you know how I feel about horror movies yeah and kind of (laughs) ridiculous movies as well and and Scream has always sort of given me the impression that it's both so I've never seen it uh, but my big thing is, like, unlike the Teen Wolf adaptation or even Buffy being ad- adapted, the original movie doesn't really end with everyone being dead. Does Scream not end with, like, everyone getting slashed off? Like, is it... No. Like, they can't have that happen in the TV show, like, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of blood and a lot of dead people, but someone's got to survive. And I think as the story continues, like I said, I haven't seen two, three or four. And I know some of the characters transition over. I don't know if like all the original ones carry on through, but Mm. I would expect lots of deaths and probably a lot of like major character deaths at some point throughout the series. Fun. That sounds good. All right. Well, (laughs) (laughs) that sounds delightful. 
anyway, you guys can check that out and tell us what you think uh, about that if you if you want to. Um, otherwise, we'll just stick to, to Teen Wolf, basically. So, Karen, do you want to go into uh, the first part of what we know so far? Yes. So, first thing that we are aware of are the first few episode titles. So, 501, the premiere episode of Season 5, is going to be called Creatures of the Night. And the synopsis for this is, the Season 5 premiere opens on the eve of senior year. Scott and his pack deal with the arrival of a new enemy and the return of an old friend. So, basically, just like always, Teen Wolf is starting off right with the action. Cool. And, um, yeah, new school year, everyone's growing up, things are changing, etc., etc., etc. Um, lots of fun, uh, there. From what you'd estimate, we've obviously got the season five trailer, and from that kind of analysis of episode one, would you estimate that a lot of that footage is from the first episode or the first couple of episodes or do you think that um you know do you think that that's only the tip of the iceberg in the trailer or do you think that that's going to sort of be stretched out from stuff over the whole season considering it's the first trailer i would say it's probably from the very beginning of the season they usually don't release too much footage from the back end of it and also Mm. with this synopsis it says the arrival of a new enemy which i think we've seen obviously with like all the promo with the doctors um yeah i don't know how much of them will get right away but there's also this other creature with like this big deformed hand in the trailer and i think it could be talking about that and also the return of an old friend which we're pretty sure is theo which we'll talk about him later but he says you don't recognize me do you and so i think he's Mm. from scott's past so i think a lot of this is going to be introduced pretty early on and it's just going to set up the whole rest of the first 12 episodes from there cool yeah because i feel like that that's happened every time basically that every time we kind of think that we know everything straight away if you know what i mean and then it's only really the tip of the iceberg and then all this stuff comes in that you wouldn't have even predicted from what they were like it feels like they release so much information like in the in the summer or whatever or in the lead up to the show and then by the time you actually see it it's like they've given you a ton of stuff about things early on but Mm -hmm. it's actually not revealed that much about the end game of the season if you know what I mean which I think is a good thing but oh yeah so I feel like even if you're flooded with information you're not actually as flooded as you think you are they've just given a lot of little random details about what's coming first and then there's probably going to be a lot of stuff that we can't even predict basically. Yeah and when you have a hiatus as long as we've had fans (laughs) are starved for information and every little detail is like oh my god this is such a big deal and then come to find out it's literally like 30 seconds of the first episode but you know I mean it just shows how excited people are for the show so I'm happy with it. So episode 502 is titled Parasomnia, and um, we were actually lucky enough to release that information along with what 
the bad guys will be called this season, which we'll get to later. Um, the synopsis came from somewhere else, and it says, Styles is suspicious of a new classmate, and Lydia helps a student with night terrors. Now, I know when the episode title Parasomnia came out at first, um, I did a little bit of research into it. It's a real medical term, and it's any sort of like sleeping disorder that has to do with like sleepwalking, sleep paralysis, which we've seen before, sleep apnea, any of those sort of things where your sleep is like interrupted. And I know my first automatic thought, which I think a lot of people jumped to, was that this may have something to do with styles since we've seen him have sleep paralysis before. But from the synopsis, it sounds like it's from something else, which is Lydia helping a student with night terrors. So I think it's interesting that Lydia is going to be the one helping them. And I wonder if this person's going to be significant or just kind of a one-off episode and, and how that ends up happening, how they end up meeting and she ends up helping them with that. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely um, a, a wide-ranging condition from anything from uh, paralysis to... Uh, you know, as they mentioned, night terrors, somnambulism, which is sleepwalking, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, it's you know just basically any abnormal uh, behaviors um, or emotions or weird things that happen to you in your sleep, uh, which is a hugely wide-ranging concept. So it's going to be interesting to see how that comes in. But we've also discussed many times uh, that um, Teen Wolf has had a habit in the past of the episode titles being a bit like twofold like they'll address the episode title will in some way address like more than one issue in the episode so it might not just be Lydia and her night terrors friend it might be more than just that that might just be kind of the the hint in the synopsis there may be a lot more to it than that yeah definitely so jumping into episode three, which will be titled Dream Catchers, the synopsis for this is Scott tracks new shapeshifter that's threatening Stalinsky and Malia receives information about her mother. Um, mm. Right off the bat, I think Dream Catchers is really interesting because um, we've always wanted Native American lore on the show. I think it fits really, really well with a lot of the characters that are already established. And one of the new characters this season, the, the actor that's going to play him, um, he, he is Native American. He's, I think, part Native American. He identifies as Native American. And I just sort of wonder if we are actually going to be going in this direction. I mean, with the doctors that we've seen so far, it doesn't really feel like a very Native American vibe, but there could be maybe a one-off episode where we'll get more of that. Mm, true. Um, and then the fourth one you've got the title but not no info yet is that right no synopsis yet but it is called condition terminal <laughs> wow that's not ominous at all oh <laughs> uh, teen wolf yeah that's that's cool all right well someone's gonna die probably that will be fun oh lovely haven't yeah. had that in a while cool <laughs> all right uh, yeah Okay, so getting into, I guess, the meat of season five, we do know, and I've sort of put these in chronological order um, of when we got this information, so we're going to start really vague and then kind of go into more details and more specifics of certain characters and that sort of thing. 
Um, but season five, we learned very early on that we're going to end up exploring more of Megan Tandy, uh, her character, Brayden, and we're going to learn more about the Desert Wolf. So obviously Malia is going to be wrapped up into that because the Desert Wolf is her mother. Um, and I, for one, am really excited for these two storylines. I mean, Megan Tandy's character is tied in with the Desert Wolf, so I think, you know, it's basically one storyline. But we really love Brayden, and we think that her background is super interesting, and we've always wanted to know more about her. And the Desert Wolf, I mean, so mysterious all throughout season four, especially considering that Malia is Peter's daughter and uh, the Desert Wolf and him obviously had a thing. And so just to find out what kind of woman the Desert Wolf is, um, is going to be really interesting. Yeah, I'm actually really sort of not surprised, but, you know, when the information came out about, you know, this particular, you know, that they, oh, they want to keep exploring that, it was right after season four finished. And that kind of thing can kind of get lost along the way, if you know what I mean. It can be like, oh, we thought we were going to do that, but we didn't, if you know what I mean. Like, if they said it literally after the season four, you know, finale happened, uh, it may not have worked out. You know, it may have been something that didn't end up working out. But we do know that it is quite likely that that focus is happening. You know, Malia getting information about her mother, that's in the synopsis. We know Megan Candy was filming this season um, so it was more than just a beautiful dream, really. That, you know, it, it is actually yeah. happening, which is interesting. At the end of season four, we discovered the connection there was that before Brayden became a, a mercenary, before she sort of became a hired gun and just wandered around doing, you know, shooting people in exchange for cash, um, she was a U.S. Marshal, and a lot of her career doing that was spent tracking down this desert wolf. And it's kind of done as this reveal. We don't know that, you know, she knows about Malia and all that kind of stuff. It just it's a coincidence that she also knows about the desert wolf. Um, and we don't know why. We don't know if she knew her as a supernatural figure or if it was like a, a military code name. We don't know anything about what she knows about the supernatural. Well, I mean, we know she knows about the supernatural, but we don't know when that started we don't know what the Desert Wolf means to her or why she would need to be tracked down. But that connection is definitely uh, there with her. Um, and we don't know how much her and Malia and Peter and everyone who knows about the Desert Wolf, we don't know what it means to all of them, basically. So it should be interesting because we're kind of thinking about it in the you know a supernatural um, way. But if she was a U.S. Marshal and she wasn't necessarily involved in the supernatural before then. Maybe it was like, I don't know, like a, yeah, like I said, like a military code name or something weird like that. Like, who knows? Yeah, it, it is interesting that it started before she became the mercenary. And, you know, we, we talked to Megan quite a while ago, and she gave us some hints, or at least some of her headcanon about what she thinks her character was like before she became the mercenary. And mm. it sounds really interesting. And so I'm hoping for some flashbacks or just, you know, even if it's straight up just talk about what she was like, uh, I think it, it could be really interesting because obviously she's changed quite a bit to go from being um, a, what was she? 
U.S. Marshal <laughs> to yeah. being a mercenary. I mean, that's quite a big change in career. So it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, um, it should be. And obviously that's, you know, her, maybe her story will come together with uh, Malia's, you know, if they're both interested in the same uh, end game for whatever reason. Uh, so that that's quite cool. And I'm glad that that actually did follow through because when this piece of news came out, uh, it was certainly right after the uh, the season four finale and it was more like, oh, that's something we'd like to do and showrunners, that kind of thing can get lost sometimes, you know, that, that they don't necessarily end up writing the stories that they plan to once everything gets started. But it seems like that this one did follow through, so it must be quite important. Yeah. Now... As always, uh, Teen Wolf has added a bunch of new characters to the show. Um, I'm looking at our list on the Tumblr, which we will link to in the show notes. And there are 16 new cast members so far. Excuse me, 16? 16. Now, I know a lot of people usually get up in arms about this, but <laughs> let's be real. Most of the time they end up dying within a few episodes, so it's fine. Um, I don't think that it's going to take away from the, you know, the main characters. And I will say that it seems like maybe two, possibly four characters really stand out to me in terms of being like having more major roles. Um, but before we get to those, I just wanted to point out some of some of the names, which I always like looking at to see if there's anything that we can glean from that. And there are some with like really interesting names, like one's name is Swan. Um, another one is Van. And you've got like Schrader and um, Vadim or Vadim. I'm not sure how you would pronounce mm. that. And I don't recognize any of the actors but um, it seems like a pretty good mix of people, um, and it's going to be interesting to see how they are all incorporated and how big of a role they're going to have. Yeah. Can I just say, I was just checking this on Wikipedia, Karen, uh, because in, in the doc here um, we've mentioned a few specifically, but not one which I've heard quite a lot about, which is um, the girl like Victoria Morales as Hayden. Um, and the little, uh, the number with the source, you know, you know, saying where this information came from, Wikipedia is crediting your article as the source, FYI. Oh, that's nice. So, you know, just so you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, besides, besides from that, um, Wikipedia source, Karen, yeah, which of the characters are the ones that you, because it is, it's like they always release all of this information about all of these characters and until the show starts, we never know which ones are main players, you know, and which ones are, like, cannon fodder, if you know what I mean. Like, you know, a, a quickly dead villain or a quickly dead, you know, victim or whatever. Like, that, this happens all the time, that we don't know which ones are actually going to be important. And I think they sort of do that on purpose, if you know what I mean, so that they make you excited about every new character until you find out which ones are actually sticking around. But which right. ones do you kind of vibe about then? Okay, well, I mean, the first one we definitely have to talk about is Cody Christian as Theo. Um, he's mm -hmm. going to be a big deal this year, and it's because, you know, we see in the trailer, 
that he pops in right away, and I think he's going to be sort of the catalyst for a lot of what's happening, possibly aside yeah. from the doctors, because they're a villain, and we're not really sure how Theo stands so far, but his description from MTV is, a lone wolf who is drawn to the spooky California town in search of a pack, and it also says he's described as S athletic and charming yet covert and while it may appear that the young adult is new to town his past might suggest otherwise and like we said before he does say you don't recognize me do you and it kind of pans over to scott so um it's possible that they have some sort of past i think the really interesting things here is one he's a lone wolf so he's an omega he's probably looking for a pack and that makes him dangerous we don't know why he's an omega maybe he got kicked out well my big sorry yeah i didn't mean to, to cut you off like that i was just so caught up in my amazing theory um don't people like this usually go to um like satomi like isn't this exactly how she built her pack so mm. Why did she, re you know, my theory is, like, that she rejected him because he's a dick or something. Like, if oh, you know what I mean. that's you know, a good that theory. She, you know what I mean? Like, because we've got, like, Brett and all of the others who are kind of, like, she, that alpha, like, Satomi is an alpha, kind of, seems to have a, you know, ragtag bunch of um, misfits, basically, that keep on the down low. Uh, though her whole thing is, like, hiding the wolf thing and learning to be peaceful and maybe Theo is bit more aggressive and wants to be a big badass wolf and thinks that being with Scott is like the way to do that I don't know possibly I really like that theory um because I'm going to tell you guys right now I do not trust Theo for a lot of different <laughs> reasons for one um I don't really like the fact that he's an omega obviously there are omegas who are totally check fine. your omega like prejudice karen come on <laughs> well so I, it's it's one factor out of many let's just put it that way but Bye. he he's described as charming yet covert and i feel like okay so he's charismatic but he's hiding something he's been to beacon hills before um which is not necessarily a bad thing but i think it's interesting that he left he's coming back he knows the town um that's definitely going to play into it a bit but also, in the trailer, Styles says, uh, or Scott asks Styles, why don't you trust anyone? And Styles says, because you trust everyone. How many times have we seen that Styles is right about certain characters, about them being evil, about them having ulterior motives? I just feel like if red flags are going up for Styles, then red flags are going up for me. That's true. Um, that's true, though there is kind of a lot of conversation about whether it's like a weird protective or jealousy thing, because it seems like, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure this was said somewhere, actually, that, that he was, because um, I've been hearing it for months, or maybe it was just people's theory, that he was like a childhood friend of Scott's, like pre-Styles, mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. So maybe Styles is just like, excuse me, you know what I mean? Like, hello, <laughs> like, um, but I, I do agree that I think that he's quite reasonable about that kind of thing. Um, you know, my big thing is that, you know, so he knew Scott before he was a werewolf and then somehow he also miraculously became a werewolf and now he knows about Scott's whole werewolf deal. Like, that's a pretty big set of coincidences. I mean, this is teenage television, but that's a pretty big set of kind of coincidences to, yeah. to happen. 
Plus, the way he looks in the trailer and the way he smiles and stuff, it just seems devious to me. <laughs> okay, well, he, it's possibly true, yes. <laughs> now, okay. an, another set of characters we have um, include Corey and Lucas. And I'm not really sure if these guys are going to be sort of a one-off episode sort of thing. Um, they just kind of popped out to me because I think their little story is interesting. But who knows how big of a deal they're going to be. But Corey will be in the hospital for a strange and painful wound. Whereas oh. um, he dishes about his boyfriend, Lucas, who is a shy young man who has become an aggressive problem at a club. The club is probably Jungle, the gay club that Yay, we've seen jungle. before. I know, I miss Jungle. Um, and I just, you know, this strange, painful wound, is it a werewolf bite? Is it, you know, could it be his boyfriend bit him if he's aggressive? Maybe he's been bitten by another werewolf. Maybe it's another set of creatures altogether. We don't know, but I think that, um, the little conundrum there is going to be an interesting one. Yeah, okay. Um, it could be. You know, it's definitely... They definitely had a lot of characters um, introduced in, in similar ways in season season four that what we didn't know how long they were going to sort of um, be around for if their story was going to be, like, super important. Like, I'm thinking mainly of the, you know, the, the teenage... Fake teenage assassin boyfriend and girlfriend and stuff like that. But I'm hoping that these guys you know, could be interesting um, for a story as well. Um, just based on the amount of kind of Twitter and, and, like, presence and the kind of interactions with the main cast and the kind of the timing of the, the talking about filming and the timing of talking about, like, how long they're going to be around for, there's a couple more people on that list that seem to be around for a while that they seem to be more than one episode if you know what I mean mm -hmm. for the season um and I know that one of those was the girl I mentioned um Victoria Morales who's playing Hayden Romero does it say anything about what that character is like in any of the press releases she is actually going to be um a childhood friend of Liam's or at least a childhood oh. acquaintance um, we can get to her in a little bit because we do have some information about what each of the characters will be doing in season five. And she's on that list. So you're absolutely correct. She's going to be around a bit more than some of these other ones. Cool. Um, and then was there anyone else on, on the list as well? That yeah. Um, Chelsea Chapman. Uh Kelsey Chow. Kelsey Chow, who's going to be playing Tracy, she's in the trailer as well, and she's seen attacking a man in a car. And mm -hmm. um, I just feel like she's got to be around more than just in a single episode to be featured in the trailer. So it could be, mm -hmm. you know, a few episode arc. Uh, we're not really sure, but she is another one that did jump out at me a little bit. Cool. Cool. All right. So should we talk about some sad news now? I suppose. <laughs> okay. Um, we'll start off easy, depending on where your loyalties lie. But uh, Coach will not be returning this year at all. Orny announced that at a convention a few months ago. And uh, it's basically because he had 
some other commitments. He wanted to focus on his stand-up. He felt like he wanted to expand his horizons, maybe be the lead in a television show. And um, I'm really going to miss Coach because I think he added just this special element to the show. And Orny is a hilarious guy. But at the same time, he's really good at stand-up. And he deserves to um, be featured a lot more on, you know, the forefront. And, I, you know, obviously he couldn't do that on Teen Wolf. I mean, that's not saying anything bad. It's just true. He was... Uh, a side character and I hope that he's able to do a lot more and um, maybe we'll be able to go see one of his shows or something like that but it's gonna be a bummer because I think he adds a lot of humor and a lot of great interactions with particularly Scott and Styles. I think he always does has good moments but I kind of they are kind of you know, humor moments. And I, I'm curious about what's going to replace that, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like if, like what would be there for the, you know, the lighter moments. And, and I did like the moments that he got to level up and actually not be a joke as well. Like those were, you know, uh, you know, either really good teaching moments or the stuff mm-hmm. with his the guy he went to school with. I really liked all of that. But that being said, I kind of, I don't, teri- like I probably will miss him, but I don't necessarily sit there watching shows being like, oh, I wish this character was here. I kind of don't, think about a thing till it till it's there so I might not I might not sort of be like oh I really missed coach in that episode if you know what I mean I I sort of don't don't think about it in that way but I'm curious about what you know storytelling is done in a certain way you don't just stick something in for the sake of it being funny uh it's all like it's 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 a process that is actually um you know generally designed to kind of engage the viewer in a certain way or the reader or whatever you're doing it and and those kind of moments are basically to stop you you know as the viewer kind of having a total freak out or just being able to break up the the drama in a way that doesn't so it's not overwhelming um or to give you kind of moments to feel happy about so that you remember that the show makes you feel happy or to give you moments that you feel happy about to make the hurtful moments hurt more. All of that kind of stuff is is very purposeful in storytelling. Uh, so I'm curious about what's going to replace replace that for like lightheartedness in the show. Basically. Yeah, I mean it could be Styles. Obviously, we know Dylan O'Brien's comedic mm-hmm. timing is wonderful, but at the same time. Everyone keeps saying how dark this season's going to be, how it has a lot of the horror elements, a lot of really gory moments. So, mm. per, yeah, perhaps nothing's going to replace it. Maybe this is just, huh. you know, going to allow it to get a lot darker without those moments to, to bring it back up, which is going to be really rough. I mean, we saw what happened in season 3B when things got really dark. Um, so yeah. that's going to be difficult to handle, but you know, we'll see where it goes. Yeah. Who knows? One of the plot lines that could be being written as like, you know, being pitched as totally dark could be like a total joke. If you know what I mean, it could just be written like, you know, um, that something's meant to be really dramatic, but then it turns out it's actually not a drama. If you know what I mean? <laughs> like the Cody Christian, like the Theo's like, you know, actually just like, you know, really competitive about math or something, if you know what I mean, like, that it's not actually about scary monsters. But we'll see, you know. You never know. 
Um, the second big piece of sad news is, and we've talked about this before, Tyler Hecklin will not return as a series regular, so Derek isn't going to be featured as much. He will still be on the show. He'll still have plenty of screen time. Um, a lot of the other side characters, the parents, that sort of thing, are not series regulars, and yet we do see them quite often. So, um, Go ahead and go back to our last episode and you'll hear us talk all about Derek as a character, his journey from season one to season four and what we think will happen in season five and how we think he can still play a part in season five, including what antics he could get up to as a wolf now that he can transform into that full bodied wolf. So um, that's going to kind of suck. But Dylan Sprayberry, who plays Liam, is a series regular this year, so he's going to be offering uh, a different side of the story, a really important one, I think, because um, Scott having an actual beta that he's bitten that is tied to him in that way, I think is going to be really important. And I like Liam. I think he's adorable, and I think he brings a different side to that whole story arc that we've obviously seen with Scott being bitten and, and turning into a werewolf, but in a different way because he was bitten by somebody who's not crazy and somebody who cares about him and wants to take care of him. Mm, true. Um, yeah, I'm wondering about what Liam's storyline will be like this year, you know, like if it is actually going to be um, maybe that will be the lighthearted storyline, you know, that he'll be having weird dramas with like you know farcical moments of of mason almost finding out that he's a werewolf but in like really funny ways like he accidentally deflates a basketball or something you know like or he's like oh i could smell your lunch from across the room you know i don't know it, that might sit a bit weirdly in the show at this point because it does keep getting darker but you know i just got flashbacks to jackson eating that apple across the room in the cafeteria <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like maybe it could be something along those lines. And I'm, you know, like, I'm curious about that kind of thing. But we'll, we'll see, I suppose. Yeah. Now getting into more of season five footage and the, the marketing stuff that we've been seeing lately, we're going to get a little bit more detailed now. Basically with the marketing, we've been seeing lots of black blood. Um, it's everywhere and their hands covered in it and it's dripping. And we saw a promo of uh, like Scott getting injected in the ear and it kind of like going into his eye. Mm. There's a lot of needles this year, which goes with the doctor theme, um, which could be really difficult difficult for some people. I know that there's a very real fear of needles. So, um, you know, there's definitely going to be a trigger warning on this season. Hopefully people can still make it through though, because I think it's going to be super creepy and super interesting. I'm curious with all of that needle and blood and experimentation and doctors, if they're trying to do some sort of like experimentation basically like cloning or like you know that they're trying to basically do some sort of analysis about the supernatural about like you know what is in the dna of the people and like all of that kind of thing that's the only thing i can really think of i can't really think of why else they would be doing this yeah kind of stuff. well two things i want to bring up one that bad blood promo that we saw we saw like these um 
droplets or whatever of regular blood and then the black blood or liquid, whatever it is, and they sort of mixed together and the black took over the red and it was like bubbling and stuff. And I think because we know that there are doctors, because we've seen a lab in the promo, because we've seen that creature with the big hand, it, I definitely think there's going to be experimentation going on. Also at one point, Deaton says, um, the rules are changing and yeah. He says something useless and pointless, Karen. <laughs> but Sorry. I, but... I mean, yes, it's very vague. But at the same time, those doctors could be doing, you know, genetic experiments where they're trying That's, to create yeah. different creatures. And that is scary because the creatures that already exist are terrifying enough. Yes, that's true, but it's definitely my impression that it is some sort of like either, you know, genetic experimentation either to quote-unquote cure people or maybe make something worse or something like that or create like a poison or like, you know, who who knows, but something terrible. I'm going to go with worse. I think that they're doing this for nefarious reasons. I don't think they're trying to cure anybody. Um, I don't, well, I don't think that curing, I don't mean, I mean, the curing would still be nefarious. It would be like the creepy, you know, know, in in the horrible way, which is actually something that's happened um, in a, uh, it's actually reminding me a bit if anyone has watched um, Being Human, the British version, what starts happening in season three of that show, there's definitely like a doctory organization that starts sort of rounding people up and experimenting on them. And there are some people who think it's very Hydra-esque in that some people think that that what they're doing is like for the good of the people and, but but the actual head is relatively nefarious, if you know what I mean. Uh, And uh, I don't know, it's it's just reminding me of that a bit um, of the, of the, kind of lab experimentation, quote-unquote, curing stuff in being human, if anyone has seen that, which probably not that many people who listen to this have, but you should. (laughs) Anyway. I've seen um, the first season and a half. Yeah, no, this is like, it's very similar to Teen Wolf in that the first season is like, we're going to make some hilarious jokes about how funny it is that we, you know, have to have a job in the hospital and can't really go out at certain times of the day. And then the third season is like carnage and horrible. <laughs> like, well, like, death. like, it definitely goes much darker. Yeah. Speaking of carnage and everything, I know that you're not big on the gore. How are you feeling about season five and what we've seen and heard so far? Are you worried? I don't know, man. I don't know. It's pretty, I don't, I don't know. I'm a little bit concerned, I suppose. <laughs> But you watch Hannibal. Aren't you numb to all that yet? The worst thing on Hannibal is the cooking scenes, FYI. Can I just say to everyone who's, like, grossed out by Hannibal that I find the scenes of him preparing food – I mean, you kind of know that the food is people, but regardless, the way that they light the scenes preparing food and the way that he chooses to display food – which is really, like, glorifying death. It's, like, it doesn't really disguise. Like, it's, like, he uses a lot of, like, skulls, and it's not very nice. The food scenes, to me, are grosser than the murder scenes, which is probably... (laughs) Maybe because I'm used to murder scenes in television. (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know. I'm glad you clarified that with in television and not just, (laughs) I'm used to murder scenes. 
I don't know. I don't really get super, like, I'm not like, oh, can't look. In Hannibal, I, there are a few moments in Hannibal where I'm like, oh, can't look. And there was something recently that I was like, oh, that's so gross. Oh, Game of Thrones. Someone got, like, stabbed through the eye. And I was just like, you didn't cut away from that at all. You didn't cut away from that at all. And you're making me look at it. And it's really gross. Um, but Teen Wolf, I don't think that it'll be as bad as, um, I, I think that we'll get through it, Karen. I think that we'll okay. we'll manage. I'm I'm not worried. I love <laughs> those sort of things, which is really strange if you know me. But uh, um, some of my favorite movies are like those hyper violent Kill Bill type of movies. So um, mm-hmm. I'm kind of looking forward to how they end up doing this because I think there's a cheesy way to make it really gory and violent, and a way that really turns your stomach. So I want to see kind of like where they draw the line there. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it is like a a quite a uh, I mean, the age range and the rating and stuff. I feel like it can't be too bad, you know? Like I can't yeah. feel like it can't be too I think they'll do as much as they can get away with, but I think <laughs> it can't be too bad. Yeah. All right. Well, let's jump into the trailer because this is um, the first real footage that we've gotten from the show. And it actually tells us a lot. And I wrote an article about the 10 best moments from it and the sort of information that we gained from that. Um, I broke it down a little bit more than that. But uh, the first thing I want to talk about is the clock that we see in the trailer. It sort of twitches back and forth between numbers. And I feel like perhaps this has something to do with time being distorted. And we know that um, Holland was actually the one that said a lot of the seasons told in retrospect. And we know from the trailer Hmm. that she's asked by one of the doctors at Eichenhaus. It happened after, just after senior year began. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so obviously that clip is from in the future. And so we're going to be going back to explore what exactly happened to her and to the others. What if like the end of the season, like or the end of 5A or whatever is like, them putting Lydia away and we don't know that she's like safe and stuff but they like that the, that's the cliffhanger of the end of this season. Uh, that would really suck. <laughs> like no thanks. Um, um and it, all of the Lydia in Eichenhaus stuff immediately made me start worrying in the way that they talked to her. I know we're going to talk about like you know obviously the specific stuff um with each character but the st- you know Lydia being institutionalized in Eichenhaus and the way the doctors talked to her made me wor- want, worry that it was going to try and pull this, like, you're crazy, none of this really happened to you, you know, if you, you, you're a little girl in a mental hospital, there's no such thing as werewolves and stuff, if you know what I mean, that they're going to try and pull one of, one of those on her, which I yeah. don't know how that, that would go down. That reminds me a lot of Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, and I know for people who have seen it or attempted to see it, it was a terrible series, but... <laughs> But the very beginning of that show was really interesting because Alice was in the mental institution pretty much 90% convinced that nothing was real until the rabbit shows up and takes her back to Wonderland. And Mm. she sort of like breaks her way out of the institution and really kicks butt, actually, which is one of my favorite moments in that whole series. 
Um, and it, it's kind of giving me that vibe a little bit. And I think that's such a cool way to kind of mess with the head of a character because you know as the audience that everything they went through is real. Do we? Do but we know that so, Karen? That's Maybe what I was just going to say. <laughs> that's what I was just going to say. But then again, they could really twist it that we're starting to question, okay, was this entire thing like Lydia's dream? I mean, can you imagine if they did that to us? Yeah, surprise. It's actually just like, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it could be insane. It could be totally, <laughs> I don't even, I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen, but I can't yeah. even. Just, yeah. Well, speaking of uh, time distortions and all of that, we're also going to be get, getting a couple of young characters. So we're going to get a young Scott who's supposed to be showing up in uh, episode six, and he's going to be having an asthma attack. And also Tom Choi, who plays Mr. Yukimura, posted a picture of young Kira, uh, which I think is really cool and different because Kira had lived in New York before. So, but had she lived in California when she was younger? I forget exactly the sequence of that. I don't know. I mean, I know that obviously the mother is from that area and they met when they were kind of researching that area of the camp. Yeah, I think um, what happened was they went to New York after a while and then they came back and then they were going to head back again and obviously that didn't happen. But, yeah. um, you know, could Scott and Kira have seen each other when they were younger? Who knows? But the fact Do you that know who grew up in New York? Do you know who would have been living in New York at the same time as, as the Yukimuras for most of that time? Who? Derek and Laura. Ah. Just saying. <laughs> That's where they lived. Like, I don't know if the show would ever actually choose to make that canon, but the address on Derek's driver's license that he has in the very first couple of episodes, like when he's just come back from being out of town, mm-hmm. uh, was in Brooklyn. And, yeah, the idea is that him and Laura were living in New York trying right. to have a life. Yeah, so, so I wonder if they were taught at college by Mr. Yukimura. Oh, my gosh. It's all connected. I can't. Now I'm fanning myself. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, whatever the connection there, I think it's cool that we're going to see younger versions of characters. I love flashbacks, mm-hmm. especially in Teen Wolf, because the universe is so big and we don't know everybody's connections to everybody else. So I always get really excited when we get to, to flashback like this. But, you know... Again, time being distorted, is this going to play in? Probably not, but there's always a chance. Hmm. Now, one of the big parts of the trailer is that we see Lydia has been institutionalized in Eichenhaus, and she's acting sort of strange and dazed and out of it, and we basically have no idea what's going to happen or what happened to her. We, you know, like we said before, something happened just after senior year started. Did she go crazy? Was she hurt in some way? Did somebody put her in there? Did she volunteer to go in there? Is it all a trick? No Mm. idea. Yeah, no, neither. I thought that we'd gotten rid of Eichenhaus being weird when we got rid of that horrible guy that tried to inject her last time. Yeah. I mean, Eichenhaus shouldn't exist. Let's just put it that way. It's really bad, but it does exist, so we're just going to have to live with it for now. Oh, thanks. Cool. Yeah. 
Now, we've already talked about Styles not trusting Theo. We already talked about the experimentation. Uh, Another big major point is we see Lydia and Styles talking to Dr. Valak in Eichenhaus. And this is the guy with the third eye. And he is a patient, not a doctor. Right, right. His name yeah. is Dr. Valak, but he is a patient. He's locked up. And the interesting thing about that is he can get inside your brain and he can sort of mess with things, make you see things. So is he messing with Lydia's mind? I mean, I don't, why would they even be talking to him if he's not an ally? I don't understand I think that he could be helping them or he could have information without him technically being an ally. Hasn't he been hanging out in the same room as Peter? They stuffed Peter in with him and we haven't seen Peter yet. So did he eat him or something? I was like, just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Possibly. But yeah. Possibly. So cool. I think Dr. Uh, Valak is really interesting. I think he, yeah. he's really mysterious and kind of frightening without having to do a whole lot. So I'm definitely curious as to what role he's going to play this season. Yeah, no, me too. Um, sorry, I just read a line in one of your articles and I almost started laughing out loud. Um, Which line? Oh, just when you were talking about the um, characters returning, which we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. <laughs> Um, and do you know what it is? Yeah. <laughs> what is it? It's the one where I said the guy who um, got his, the beer delivery guy who yeah. got his head chopped off isn't going to yeah, be coming the, back. Just the pacing of it, the phrasing. I just, yeah, it just caught me off guard. Sorry, I've had so on. many people message me about that and be like, oh my God, hilarious. So I really appreciate yeah. that. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, um, yeah, no, Dr. Valak, I don't know. I, I never sort of was quite sure whether he was, like, yes, he can get inside your head, but, like, is he locked up there because he's evil, evil, or is he just weird? I think so. Like, I got the vibe that he was really dangerous, and they had warned them um, to stay away from him, and Peter was obviously worried getting shoved in there. I think he is a bad dude. But if the people who run Eichenhaus are bad dudes and they think Dr. Valak is a bad dude. He must be a worse dude. You know that's not always how that works, right? I think that's how that works. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. No, I I agree that he could certainly be a worse dude. Um, So we, we shall have to wait and see. I'm curious of what Styles and Lydia would need from him or what he would be doing to them. Um, and whether or not he ate Peter with his third eye. (laughs) That is a terrible visualization. Yeah, Um, it is. Now, along with uh, the parasomnia information, Jeff also told us the name of the villains for this year, and that was the Dread Doctors, and we see them quite a bit throughout the trailer. They've got this steampunk vibe to them. They sort of, like, I don't know, almost twitch when they walk and they're they're very strange and they can like crawl sideways on the lockers and they're pretty creepy so far yeah that's that's true it is they they are and i am not a fan i'm excited for what they're going to bring this year because i think it's very different 
Um, you know, a lot of the times we get these very like grotesque sort of monsters. You had the Kinema, you had the Nagitsune, which was a spirit. And I, I don't know if these guys are monsters. I don't know if they're human. I don't know if they're machine or, you know, a combination of those three things, which is quite possible given what we've seen with the lab and everything. But um, I'm kind of hoping that this allows the show to go in a different direction and explore something that maybe we haven't ever encountered and that maybe a lot of the characters haven't encountered either. Hmm. I'm, I'm very disturbed uh, by the medical procedural stuff. I will, I will not lie. Like, we were talking about the gore and stuff. I, I don't know. Bad medical procedural stuff is, is not super pleasant. And I think that was one of the stuff that we discussed. Uh, someone was asking us about it. We found it recently was actually when we talked to one of the writers, when we talked to um, Alyssa uh, a while ago, you know, she was talking about Jeff not being aware that people had like a like a squick about creepy medical stuff, if you know what I mean. Like that she didn't know that, you know, it, that he didn't know that even like seeing someone get a normal injection is like gross for some people. And it seems like that now he's found out that it is that he's gone a bit too far. Just saying. <laughs> like he's like, oh, this is something that freaks people out. Cool, I know what I'm gonna be doing, uh, which is really pleasant. Thanks a lot, guys. Yes. Um, okay, so we've talked about Tracy and the werewolf. Um, she's a werewolf. She attacks a man in a car. Don't really know much about that yet. The next big thing that has a lot of people talking is this phrase, bird up. And to be completely honest, I'm not entirely sure what this means, where it came from, <laughs> um, who all has been saying it. I know we've answered a couple things on the Tumblr before, and uh, Sick and Twisted Doc from Tumblr says, maybe the bird up phrase means something like the bird mask for the plague doctor during the 17th and 18th centuries, since the theme this season is about doctors, just a theory. Uh, I think that's a really good theory and quite possible. Uh, I know we saw birds in the trailer. There were some crows dead on the ground, which we've it's, encountered before. It's definitely seeming to surround um, a certain character. It's definitely seeming to surround um, the character played by Michael Johnston, who's going to be called Corey. Okay, so it's definitely going to surround this character. From what, what we've seen on Twitter and stuff, it's it's a lot of it seems to be like a lot of the kind of like the bro dudes in the cast being like, yeah, bird up, man, <laughs> directed at this guy, basically like Michael Johnston, who is one of the the new characters who, from his set of dates talking about filming, he does seem to be around for quite a bit of the season. So I'm wondering if he's like a man with the power of birds or like a, bird, a werebird or like something <laughs> like that, if you know what I mean. Like, you know, can control the birds, you know, turns it into a bird. Something about birds. It seems to be heavily focused around this character, but then like people keep directing it at him, but then other people have just directed it at the universe in general. It hasn't right. necessarily all been him. It does okay. seem to be surrounding that one character quite a lot, though. Okay, and Corey so, is the one that ends up in the hospital for a strange and painful wound. Maybe he's going to Oh, is that like, that one? Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah, so it is. Maybe mm. he's going to have, like, bird wings growing out of his back or oh, something. Oh, my God. 
imagine if that happened. And if he if he dishes on his boyfriend Lucas, who's a shy young man who's become an aggressive problem at the club, maybe him and Lucas break up because there's quite a bit of interaction um, between him and uh, Kylan Rambo, obviously Mason, mm-hmm. who's gay. Uh, and if he's also gay, maybe he will be a boyfriend. But um, if his, you know, violent boyfriend goes away. But there certainly seems to be quite a bit directed around him. Uh, most interesting detail, his his own bio on Twitter says, like, bird up for Teen Wolf season five. So I don't know. We don't know why bird up is a thing, but yeah. it's certainly a thing. There were certainly birds in the trailer, and I'm pretty sure it focuses on this Corey dude. Now okay. I really want him to have. Uh, <laughs> now I really want him to have wings. Uh, but we also talked about the whole um, the tricksters of the coyote and the fox, and uh, the third one being the raven, which yes. uh, is another thing to do with birds, I suppose. But we've also we've got our coyote and our fox, so you know. Come on, is this the raven? Okay, so yes, that is really interesting, and we're just going to have to see how that pans out. Now, the last major thing, and the thing that I'm most excited about from the trailer, was we see Lydia's powers actually doing physical damage now. She's able to scream and push people away with this sort of ring of white light. And um, I know I'm throwing this back to Charmed, but Phoebe on Charmed always had premonitions and she always wanted an active power. And she finally got that when she could start levitating and that sort of thing. And that's also why she trained in martial arts, because uh, she didn't have an active power and she wanted to be able to protect herself. So I'm kind of keep thinking of this like, oh, Lydia's powers have sort of like progressed and leveled up and now she has an active power And I think that is so amazing. Um, Her Banshee powers are so mysterious still. And I think this is a really cool twist on what she can do with her screams. Yeah, it's a bit like airbending. (laughs) It's a bit like, (laughs) boom, you're down, if you know what I mean. uh, But I don't know, like, how much control do you think she has of it? Um, I don't know. I mean, she seemed to know what she was doing in the trailer And I feel like because there seems to be some sort of time jump, she's been training. And we do know Lydia's going to have a more active role on the show. She's doing, Holland's doing a lot more stunts. Uh, So I don't know. I mean, at this point, if it's in the future, it's possible that she has very good control over it. Oh, yeah, that's true, I suppose, if we're flashing forward. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's sort of a bit hard to, to get my head around, but yeah, we've definitely wondered for a long time what the extent of what she can do is and how useful it can be and, and all of that kind of stuff. So, you know, I don't want this to be like another thing that traumatizes her basically. Yeah, that would not be good. I mean, um, it seems like a lot of things are going to traumatize her anyway, not going to lie. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, she looked really out of it in that um in the trailer when she was like the yeah, camera the and her were like moving at the same time like when they do that really weird sort of like distorted kind of thing and you could tell mm-hmm. that she was just, you know, who knows what exactly was going on. Cool. Sounds good. Oh yeah, definitely. 
Um, okay, season five synopsis and some character bios. This is another huge thing that we got recently that gives us a lot bigger look at what's going on in season five. So I'm going to read the synopsis really quick. It says, on the eve of senior year, Scott and his friends find themselves facing the possibility of a future without each other, a next phase of their lives that might take them in different directions despite their best intentions. Little do they know that outside forces are already plotting to break the pack apart long before they ever see graduation. New villains that use a combination of science and the supernatural for a malevolent and mysterious purpose that will eventually pit Scott and his friends against their greatest enemy yet. Um, so I guess breaking this down, um, senior year is definitely going to be a big target. We've seen this several times already in all of the information that's coming out for season five and the fact that they might not know what they're doing or they do know what they're doing and they're going to end up leaving each other. This makes me really nervous. Like I know that Teen Wolf wasn't going to always stay in the school and it's a natural progression for them to move on from that. But I don't like it. And it scares me that they could possibly be moving away from each other. And, you know, who knows who might go off and we might not see them again. So that's always difficult to process. Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about this for a long time, Karen, but... Um, I know. Does it make it any easier, though? Sorry, but yeah, look, everyone's going to grow up and move on and, you know, college wolf, etc. But... Um, you know, it's just a matter of, yeah, of, of who's going to want to do what and how that's all going to play out. Maybe everyone will flunk senior year and then we'll have Teen Wolf forever, but Ooh. that seems unlikely. Or <laughs> like, oh, yeah. time distortion, Groundhog Day, maybe they'll just keep repeating senior year do over, over and over again. Do over, do over. Yeah. Uh, the second line here says the outside forces are already plotting to break the pack apart. To me, this just screams Theo. Maybe I'm being biased and like hateful toward him so already, but I feel like he's, you know, he's there like, hey, don't you remember me? And Styles is like, I do not trust this guy. And I feel like he's going to be the cause of a lot of their bickering this year. Yeah, quite likely. And then the combination of science and supernatural with these villains uh, poses a really interesting problem because I think in a lot of ways you can fight the supernatural when you're supernatural and you can fight science. But when the two are combined, that scares me. Yeah. I mean, we've always been um, wondering since this show has started, or at least I have, about how much of the supernatural we're meant to just accept that magic is a thing or if this supernatural world is based in like biology or untapped you know gene pools or dna and stuff like that whether it's actually meant to have a biological some sense of biological logic rather than just like dragons are real guys if you know what i mean which i feel like it does like i feel like everything is a weirdly like weirdly naturalistic and i don't know if magic is something i'd ever use as a word for this show if that makes sense um you know we've even seen that one of the things you know that has attacked um you know like the scott's werewolf senses can sense epilepsy like a dog can and that one of the things that attacked the werewolves was like a weaponized form of like distemper like a canine disease and you know uh, just just little things that do seem quite 
tied into like that they're trying to make the mythology tied into biology so the idea of doctors getting involved is not super awesome like or science getting involved is a bit worrying and i feel like that's it if they've they've realized it's biological in some way sorry that they're trying to like, like tap into it recreate it or take it away or something like that through science and i think that that's quite likely if you know what i mean Mm-hmm. Now, with the character bios, um, I've kind of just summed them up really quickly. Again, we'll link to the full thing in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Scott's was actually very generic and basically just said, oh, he's starting senior year and he's going to go up against, like, tough things this year. So there really yeah, isn't much. Yeah, there really isn't much to say <laughs> about that. Um, some of the things that did jump out to me was that they said Styles continues to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, and we um, know in the trailer we see a Jeep flipped over and it looks like Styles is the one in there. So that really sucks. And now I'm worried. Um, <laughs> but not untrue <laughs> about Styles being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yes, that's that's true. And I mean, I, I feel like he's quite an unlucky person, but we'll see um, about what he, he has to offer, I guess, this year and 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 how how involved he he gets because it is actually quite um you know we we had obviously we've had some really styles heavy plot lines in the past and we don't know how exactly he's going to be involved in this way it's actually been pretty secretive about him compared to anything really specific so i'm quite curious and he continues to be human so a lot more vulnerable yeah obviously yeah Lydia is eligible for early graduation, which I guess is no surprise given how intelligent she is. But she decides to stay with her friends for senior year. Um, <laughs> probably not a good thing given we know she ends up in Eichenhaus. Does that just mean, like, I don't really understand you guys, like, uh, in school. We've talked about this so much, but, like, your whole, like, credits thing. Like, So is it does that just mean that she's, like, earned enough points to be able to, like, not be in school anymore because that's not how our school system works you just you have to stay and you have to do the exams at the same time as everyone else and that's when they give you the points at the end if you know what I mean like I don't <laughs> understand how she's like able to leave before she's finished but anyway never mind yeah well I actually know in my senior year because our years are split up into um like two parts a lot of times the second mm. half I knew a lot of seniors who had like the the second half of the day was all study halls and they could basically go home early, um, which was fantastic. I was not that person. I was a major nerd, so I took as many classes as I could. I think that graduating early is a lot more common in college, but uh, not uncommon in your senior year. But I think it's interesting that she decided to stay with her friends, despite the fact that we know maybe it didn't end up the greatest for her. Yeah. Bad choice, Lydia. You should have got out of there and, like, gone to some East Coast Ivy League as soon as possible, and then you wouldn't have been locked in a hospital. Yeah. Now, it also says that she grows closer to Parrish, which I know a lot of people are going to be excited Mm -hmm. about. Um, And she also hones her powers, which we saw in the trailer. Cool. Kira, Malia, and Lydia are close, which I think is exciting. I don't like those, you know 
jealous sort of girl fight relationships. Mm -hmm. I think it's cool that they're friends, especially given um, Allison's role and how close Lydia was to Allison and then Kira and Malia coming in. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's really cool that they not replaced her, not at all, but sort of formed this group despite her not being around as well. And they're, they're just all in it together. And Mm. Kira also, her Kitsune spirit is going to give her some trouble this year, um, which is good because I think that's sort of like plot continuation. We saw in season four how she was still struggling sometimes with controlling her power, especially when she got really nervous. And so I think that it makes sense for her to continue that. Although the fact that it says the spirit might give her some trouble. This is what I'm curious about. Yeah. Because it seems, here's my thing. We, we get told time and time again, and we, we've researched so much mythology, Kitsune's a trickster, Kitsune's a trickster. Okay, okay, okay. We've had the, the evil, like, no Kitsune, which is like, I'm caught, like a, you know, homicidal maniac causing havoc. But we haven't had much of either um, Noshiko or Kira being affected by these compulsions of, you know, charming, nonsensical tricksterness that is in the Kitsune legends, if you know what I mean. So I'm wondering if, you know, the Kitsune spirit that lives in her, like whether it's something separate to her, whether it is like just something that inhabits her or whether it is actually her. Um, and if it like makes her into a kleptomaniac or something, if you know what I mean. <laughs> this is where the humor of the season comes in, where Kira's like, got this little fox conscience being like hey hey do this thing do this shiny thing. and then she's just like no and she's like do it do it and he's like no it's like come on do it and then she like trips someone up and she's like why did i do that if you know what i mean like this could be a hilarious i um, can get on board with that i mean she's thing. so yeah. awkward anyway that mm-hmm. she plays that so well yeah so it could be fun, possibly, because we've seen very little of what it means to be a Kitsune aside from having the powers, and we keep hearing it's, you know, a trickster spirit, etc., etc. Like, and it does seem to be more separate to personality, or no, more separate to her than than Scott turning into a werewolf. It's like a Kitsune seems to be a spirit that kind of in inhabits someone. So I'm really curious about that, actually. Yeah, I think it's going to be a cool mm. side to season five. Liam, on the other hand, um, he's going to have some trouble with his best friend Mason um, because Mason doesn't know that he's a werewolf. And the th- on the flip side of that, Mason knows that some strange things are going on and he kind of wants to figure them out and get involved. But, you know, as, as it usually goes, might come sooner rather than later and it might not be exactly what he envisioned so Mm. that's going to be interesting I'm excited for him to be in the know um because I feel like Liam has a lot in Scott but he he isn't close with anybody else he's always had sort of a contentious relationship with Styles as people usually do with Styles who are in his very Uh close personal circle and I feel like Liam needs his best friend, and I think Mason would be on board with the whole werewolf thing, and he needs somebody his age, who he's known for a while, to confide in. So I hope this doesn't last too long, and I hope Mason does find out sooner rather than later. Yeah, no, I agree. And I'm sure he'll be chill with it. He seems like a chill guy. (laughs) Yeah. 
I've and probably cursed it now. <laughs> he does seem like a chill guy, though. But the other half of Liam's story is that a face shows up from his past, and this is uh, Hayden Romero, who will be seeking vengeance on Liam. We have no idea what happens, but they knew each other quite a long time ago, and Liam seems really worried that she showed up and Hayden sort of has this story where she's balancing like school and work. And she seems to be one of those people that um, really isn't popular. Whereas Liam, I think has been that way for a while. I mean, he was a star athlete and yes, he got kicked out of his other school, but he always seemed to be on top and maybe, you know, he was a bully, maybe, Whatever happened to him in his last school somehow tied up with Hayden, but I think it's going to be interesting to see, like, a human issue, unless there's more to it, but um, to see how he deals with just a regular person and not a scary monster coming at him. Um, so, yeah, I'm curious about what kind of vengeance she should possibly... Um reek if you know what I mean that you know she um like what kind of vengeance um she could want like if he bullied her or like you know what kind of thing like if this will turn into romance you don't often see like a lot of conflict between a boy and a girl doesn't turn into romance Mm -hmm. uh but I'm curious about like you know what kind of thing this could be basically yeah and I could be wrong I don't have a source for this you know at my fingertips but I think Liam was supposed to be getting a love interest this season Mm. so yeah maybe it will turn into something yeah, I'm curious, and you know, or whether it's like he has she has legitimate like reasons to be angry and what she wants to do to him, or if if this is just like I'm gonna trip him up in the hallway and make him unpopular, or if it's like <laughs> I'm going to do some supernatural damage, if you know what right. I mean. Right? Yeah, like, there's you know. there's a big difference, especially on Teen Wolf. What exactly does vengeance mean? It could mean a yeah. lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> I'm wondering which I, I can I'm wondering which aspect of all of this could be. Um, farcical in some way, if you know what I mean. Like, which aspect could be the coach replacement storyline? Oh. But possibly none of them, honestly. But we'll we'll have to see. And then lastly, we have Theo, who has to prove that he's trustworthy. That's basically what his bio said. So that's mm. that's just our group of main players at a glance. Yeah, interesting. Now. Before we get into talking about the last two points, which is the first six minutes of the show that they aired online and Wolf Watch, I do want to talk about this new creature that we're supposed to be getting this season, which I'm sorry if I slaughter this, but is called the Sluag. And um, this Mm -hmm. was the creature feature competition that they had. And uh, Brooklyn-based artist Jessica Short was the winner, and she created this terrifying creature that actually seems to fit in really, really well with the direction in which the show is going this year. And the Sluag is in Irish and Scottish folklore, and they were spirits of the restless dead. I'm reading this directly from Wikipedia. I'm not like, you know don't have this in the back of my head. Um, Sometimes they were seen as sinners or generally evil people who were welcome in neither heaven nor hell nor in the other world who had also been rejected by the Celtic deities and by earth itself. 
Um, this screams <laughs> like sounds dramatic. <laughs> yeah, it's super dramatic. And in the picture that she created, it's like sucking the life force from somebody who's sleeping. And oh. it's got this huge mouth of teeth and pointy ears, and it's got gray skin. It looks like a demon. I mean, it's terrifying. And I'm sure Teen Wolf is going to make it even more terrifying than that picture. But this just screams Lydia to me, um, because we know banshees are of, you know, the Irish folklore, oh. and it has yeah. they have a lot to do with death. She also ends up helping somebody who has night terrors. And I feel like because this picture shows the slog, um, you know, doing whatever to this person at night, that perhaps that's what that will send her around. Yeah, no, I could see that being quite, quite plausible. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, 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 it's rather unpleasant. I, I will admit, but yeah, I think that, I mean, do you think that that is the night terror that the person is having or causing it? I think it's definitely possible. Um, mm-hmm. I, let's see, what else does this say? Um, they're always depicted as troublesome and destructive. They were seen to fly in groups like flocks of birds. That's interesting. Coming from the West and were known to try to enter the house of a dying person in an effort to carry the soul away from them. Again, Banshee's death, um, souls. West-facing windows were sometimes kept closed to keep them out. Some consider the slog to also carry with them the souls of innocent people who are kidnapped by these destructive spirits. So doesn't, you know, in this very short Wikipedia article, um, it doesn't really say anything about, like, dreams, night terrors, sucking the soul while you sleep or anything like that. But they could also put their own spin on it as well, which could be cool. Either way, yeah. probably watch the episode with your lights on. Okay. <laughs> oh dear. Um, yes, I understand. I understand. Um, you 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 make it. Well, when we do this research about mythology, it's it's very stressful to me. Honestly, it's very like <laughs> you know, like there's all of this information that's just like, oh my god, which horrible aspect are they going to focus on? And it's like exactly. <laughs> It's very stressful to me sometimes, so we'll have to see how that goes. But, yeah, interesting. (laughs) All right, let's talk about this first six minutes that they released online because it was Mm -hmm. really cool, very dramatic, and really, really sets up the entire season, I think. Basic rundown of what happens is we see Lydia in Eichen House. Um, We get a couple creepy orderlies again. Of course, we have to have creepy orderlies. And she ends up, you know, she's faking her catatonic state. And when the moment is right, she uses her screams and her more active powers now to get rid of um, the the orderlies, not to mention she totally pulls out some Black Widow moves and takes (laughs) down some of these guys. So she's been training, and I can't wait to see how that works out because she was badass. And you feel like she was doing something that she knew what she was doing on purpose, that it wasn't just instinctual, that it was like a practiced thing. Yeah, we know... Oh, you mean like the fighting style and everything? Mm. Mm. Yes. Okay. Um, Yeah, that was, I think... Just too clean to be something that just kind of happened naturally. 
um, I feel like she had to have trained for a while. And given the possible time jump, um, I'm hoping that we can see somebody training her and figuring out how she not only worked on those crazy moves, but also developed her banshee powers. Because who is she going to learn from? You know, she's got to kind of figure this out on her own. Yeah, no, that's that's true. But yeah, uh, I'm now very curious about the time period and all of that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it, it's a pretty I've always talked about like Lydia and the, you know needing something to you know that her banshee powers are great, but they're just like sitting around thinking in her head that they didn't have too much mm-hmm. physical defense, and that we wanted her to like learn how to use a taser or something. If you know yeah. what I mean. But apparently, <laughs> we didn't need to worry that much. She doesn't need a taser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's that's an interesting move, I suppose. Um. And now we just need to get styles like a gun, I guess, or something yeah. maybe less unpleasant than a gun. But Yeah, I don't know how I feel yeah. about him having a gun, but definitely something better than a bat. Um, yeah. We'll have to see. But yeah. uh, the other major thing that happened in this preview that we got was supposedly, I'm not entirely convinced that this is the case, but I guess we never know, the return of the old character, which has been teased again and again. Natalie and I were really, really hoping it was going to be Isaac, like, really, really (laughs) hoping. It's not so far. We'll have to see through the rest of the season. But the person that comes back is none other than Aiden. Unfortunately, he doesn't really come back. It's all in her head. Um, yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's funny because, you know, we, we had that that statement originally, you know, saying anyone who's not dead could potentially come back and broke the thing about, you know, so there's no hope for the guy with the, you know, who delivered the keg, but <laughs> Aiden's totally dead, and there but he is. He still has his head, so... Yeah, okay, so that's what matters. <laughs> right, exactly. But that's what I mean, like, this happens within the first five minutes, um, and it's sort of this trick of her mind. So I feel like maybe this is a red herring and maybe we'll get somebody else later on. I don't know. But for now, honestly, I'm happy to see Aiden back. I think that kind of plays havoc with Lydia. And he tells her, um, you know, your treatment isn't done yet. And she she sort of knows that he's not real, but it still shocks her anyway. And she gets captured again. Um, and it, it proves to be something very traumatic for her. So the fact that she's actually hallucinating, that she's possibly uh, being medicated, is adds a whole new element to the story because I think that sort of answers, okay, did she go in there voluntarily? Was she put in there? Is it all fake? Obviously some of it's not fake if she's getting medicated and treated. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And where's her mother in all of this? Like, no, where, did like her mom put her in there? Like, I don't know. Like, that's really shocking to me. So, especially since we know that she's going to be around for quite a few episodes. Um, Natalie Martin is in about six or eight episodes of the season. So, yeah, I don't know. It's it's really stressful and intense and, and crazy. Lydia, yeah, and Lydia says my friends, all of my friends are going to die. So maybe all of her friends do die and that's why she ends up in Eichen House. And then like Teen Wolf season 5B is literally going to be Lydia in a catatonic state of depression. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Um, awesome. Sounds fun. Sounds excellent. <laughs> so that sounds like everything will be really happy and it'll probably have a really satisfying conclusion to the season and that we'll go out feeling really good and, and oh, yeah. cheered up. Obviously. How we always do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Last point is that Posey is going to be hosting Wolfwatch this year which is really exciting. Um, I loved Jill as the host of Wolf Watch. I think she was really charismatic and she has um, great hosting abilities, but Posey is just a blessing. Um, He's so full of energy and he's done this sort of gig before. Um, He's hosted award shows and he had his little Posey's Poll segment on Wolf Watch uh, in the past. So I think that This is just going to bring a whole new dynamic to the show, and I'm really excited to see it. But, and I actually just learned this when Brooke, thank you, Brooke, put this into the doc. Apparently, there's not going to be a wolf watch every episode, which kind of bums me out. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, Yeah. uh, Is that like 100%? Do we 100% know that for 100% Um, sure? I, I, I don't know if that's necessarily accurate. I don't either. We're going to have to find out um, Mm -hmm. probably when it airs. I don't know how they would break it up in that case. Like, if it's just after, like, a couple of the special cliffhangers, if you know what I mean. We know that, yeah, they've been – it's been in production already, so I don't know. Like, it's not – because it's not taped live after each episode or anything. That would be, like, crazy. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work. So that's interesting. Uh, We'll try and find that out, I suppose, as soon as possible. Uh, but, yeah, he is very uh, passionate about hosting stuff. Like, he's very good at it. Uh, and he seems to have a lot of fun at all of the shows that he's done and, at, you know, awards shows and, and various other events. He's going to be hosting those fan awards that they just mentioned, you know, the other day as well. That's, like, a new thing. It seems to be something that he is uh, really enthusiastic about pursuing. And he's certainly someone I can see doing that in the long run, if you know what I mean, like the kind of guy, you know, kind of comedy actor that hosts, is well known as ho- as a host of things, if you know what mm-hmm. I mean, like a, you know, whether it's um, a talk show or whether it's a, um, you know, a comedy roast or something like that. I feel like he, he really has that. He's really good at disarming people and I think that it's, it's a really good thing for him, basically. And yeah. maybe it'll make more people want to watch. Yeah, I hope so. I really like Wolf Watch, actually. I think it offers a really good balance of information and insight into the show, and also just, like, fun games and trivia and that sort of thing. Mm. Well, that that pretty much wraps up um, our Season 5 News Roundup. How are you feeling overall about Season 5? In, like, three words. Give me three words about your excitement for Season 5. Really, Karen? Really? You what? Predict my three words are gonna be? Uh, no. Time for Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. I'm joking. I, I'm uh, sorry. That's really that's like discrediting to all of the sh- the rest of the show. That's not Isaac, and I'm just, <laughs> just I'm just running with this joke now. Sorry, but um, uh, I don't know. Um. I don't know. Nervous, uh, somewhat stressed. All of these things are super positive, right? Really <laughs> exciting. Um, 
I don't know. I'm excited that I'm going to watch like half of it, half of the season, like in the same time zone and all of that kind of stuff. Um, You're going to so be that seeing would... the premiere in the United States. Yes, that should be good, as providing that I have MTV where I'm staying. You will find MTV. Yeah, hopefully. Yes, <laughs> that would be good. Um, and yeah, I, I'm excited. I am excited. I'm excited that it's going to be really like, in the, you know, just for me personally, like being in the middle of everything, like being in America and then like, you know, we'll be at Comic-Con in the middle of the season, like to find out a bit more about what's going on. And I don't know, it's just it's just exciting, I think. And um, I feel unprepared. I feel like I don't have a good grasp of what's going to happen, um, really. Um, I feel like there's so much new stuff. And I can't remember if this is how I felt last time or not, if you know what I mean. Yeah. God, the premiere of season four just... Mm. I mean, it was like a year ago at this point. I mean, it just feels like ages and ages and ages. So... Yeah. I, I think I feel pretty much the same way you do. I'm excited for the horror aspect. Um, I am a bit nervous and stressed, but I'm really looking forward to character development, too, and um, how they're kind of growing in their final year. I think this is going to be really significant for them. Yeah, time for Isaac. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. One day I'll stop, uh, but we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. Um It'll it's it'll be good. I think I think it'll be good. I think we're good, and hopefully all will be well. Yes. Okay. Um. I just want to do a little bit of feedback before we wrap this up. Um. Again, let's just go every other. This was from a question that I asked on Twitter about, uh, what everyone was most excited for for season five and uh house of posy at kendra mccall says scott's evolution um which i think is really good because how far can scott go you know he already seems sort of perfect um he's just this hero he's a true alpha uh obviously he still struggles with things but he he doesn't struggle with his transformation as much as he did before um where is he gonna go from here and how is he gonna continue to grow yeah no fair enough i mean i think that um he certainly seems to be blaming himself for some things in the way that he was like, I think things are changing and they think it's because of me. And mm-hmm. like, you know, we, we still don't really know like the, the, how wide the like legend of Scott, the true alpha is spread <laughs> and, and how much he wants to do something with the rest of his life. That's not being a werewolf. And yeah, it's, it, it is a big time for everyone, but obviously he is the the main player. And I feel like, He's always been the main player of the show, but I feel like just the way that the fandom evolved over the last few years, that people have come to respect that a lot more. Like, people weren't necessarily caring the most about Scott's arc out of anyone at first, but I feel like now they are, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next one is from Teen Freakin' Wolf, uh, um, Ariana, saying... Uh, well, everything is always, but I'm excited for Lydia kicking some butt and for their senior year. I'm also excited for a darker season. I mean, I love the funny and light, but dark and twisted keeps me glued to the screen. Well, you're a sadist. <laughs> wow. Way to... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just drag our listeners down. No. Um, Sorry. No I, 
I agree with that, actually. Um, not the sadist part, but the I love the funny and light, but the dark and twisted does keep me glued to the screen. And, you know, that's why I watched Game of Thrones and Walking Dead, because you don't want anybody to die. But at the same time, like you you have to watch. You're excited when things come really close. Game of Thrones so. was too much this season. I don't watch Walking Dead, but Game of Thrones was too much. Not just yeah. the graphicness. It was too gratuitous that they made bad choices. But anyway, carry on. <laughs> Different podcast. Um, uh yeah. yeah next we have rachel at teen wolf oasis who says lydia's banshee ability has gone pro can't wait to see how it all unfolds totally agree uh i really need to know how she <laughs> became how she's done this yeah, yeah black widow basically yeah does she have like a like a guru like i don't like a i don't know it's it's insane maybe she found a youtube tutorial i don't know <laughs> um it's weird uh, the last one is Lily Laz, Lily underscore Laz, says, I don't think I could pick just one thing. Everything has me so excited for this season. Characters, plot, all of it. Well, yes, good. That sounds good. Sounds exciting. Um, at this point, I'm just sort of invested in the characters to the point that I'd watch them if it was, like, shoe shopping, if you know what I mean. You so... would enjoy probably more if it was just <laughs> shoe shopping. Maybe. I don't know. I know fun. you. You would. They could be, you know, they could be a funny altercation about, like, you know, two, you know, they both want the same pair of sneakers, and, you know, who does it fit? And like, you know, they accidentally rip one in half with the super strength. Like, oh no, Liam, you've ripped the shoe in half. Well, and now we can't afford to pay for another pair. You know, like this could be a, a fantastic lark. You know, you know. But yeah. sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure they get up to that kind of thing when it's not like a dramatic um, supernatural yeah. attacker they coming, like in need, all the time that we haven't been watching them. They need to make a web series of them during the summer when nothing's happening and nothing bad happens yeah. of them it's going like five shopping. minute shorts of like a you know um, a, 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 an amusing incident surrounding a you know um, a pizza order or something if you know what yeah. I mean like oh no they brought the wrong thing like oh how hilarious <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> uh, yeah sorry okay. you get the picture <laughs> well that pretty much wraps it up um mm. obviously we are excited about season five we have some really cool things coming up for you guys so stay tuned and come back for our weekly recaps which natalie and i are like super out of practice for but you they know not be very good guys i'm not gonna lie to you well they're not gonna be very good we'll get into it <laughs> i shouldn't <laughs> say that should i <laughs> they're gonna be amazing the best Do you know how long this done. hiatus has been oh. do you know how long it's been it's been so long like, and i've forgotten how to do that yeah basically yeah. i'm like wait we have to record again next week we'll have Seriously? to practice on rewatchable yeah we've been doing rewatchable but even that's only every two weeks for most people because yeah. they switch around um with the cast so maybe we could get some more cast on this show and then we wouldn't have to do it any week oh. no that's you're like yeah yeah let's do it no guys we're not we're not we're not we're not actually jaded and mean and we're way too um possessive of this podcast to let that happen probably (laughs) so uh yeah i mean if you want to hear other people we can we can try but it's not uh the plan at the moment so we will hopefully be doing weekly time providing and and everything like that that is certainly the goal yep so i guess until next time bye guys Bye. I'm so sick and sick and
jam-packed. 